Paul, Paul broke yeah. something, didn't he? Or maybe he just put something in the... Uh... Everyone Sorry without me, I broke a glass. Oh, you did break a glass. Wow. And we review and recommendation for this episode of Watchmen. Edited it in. <laughs> How long is it going to take you to, re- to clean that glass? Today on the Geek Out Podcast, where did my iTunes go? I Honestly, I have no idea, but I googled it, and I might be able to help you. We've got some early reviews for Terminator Dark Fate, as well as opening weekend figures for Zombieland 2, Jojo Rabbit, and The Lighthouse. There's a Galaxy Quest documentary coming out, and the trailer looks fun. And we review and recommendation for the first episode of Watchmen. <laughs> Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a this is Geek Out, the podcast. Hello, it's Geek Out Podcast, episode 56. We record this on Thursday, October 24th, 2019, and I'm going to move my mic. I am Webmeister Bud, resident geek, and I host Bud's weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boitano, resident DJ. <laughs> uh, and I do the Afternoon Zone mixtape in the Afternoon Zone thing. Dude, do, do I need to write this down for you? Something like that, yeah, okay. probably. That's great. Paul Pastino has broken a glass in the kitchen and uh, is presently cleaning it up. So he's Paul Pastino. He hosts that afternoon zone with Jenny West. Don't let him handle your valuables. Glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. PJ Party Podcast, other stuff. Art. Yes. My name is Art Aronson. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirsten James. I am also here. Yay. Hi. I'm back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And Ooh. how long are you back for, Kirsten? One week. God dang it! I know, it's crazy. I keep on, like, I go, I moved, and then I was sick, and then I'm back, and then next week I'm in Disneyland. Which right. is super awesome. We are going to miss you, and for whatever reason, when you're not here, we're going to talk forever. <laughs> this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, I made a valiant attempt as a, as a PC guy to try and explain where and how to get your iTunes music back now that in... Mac OS Catalina, the 16th major OS uh, update for Macintosh computers. I miss when they were like animal names. I know, like all Lep- cat names. Snow Leopard. That was great. Cougar. Anyways, Cougar. In, in Catalina, cougar. the uh, they they've taken iTunes is just they it's gone. It's bye. They split it off. There's now there's Apple Music. There's Apple TV. Maybe there's Apple Books. You know, and it's it, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. It all goes with like the Plus subscription services and things. But the gist of it is. This was just not handled very well, and apparently it's... And I say apparently. I've, I've Googled. I have no idea. Maybe you can tell me, Kirsten. It's iTunes. You can find it within the music app. It's just a little version of the iTunes, and you can still buy music in iTunes in the music app, and apparently that's where all of your music has gone. Dylan Willows asked me to geek out about this because he has years and years and decades and decades of mostly ripped CDs and then music he's downloaded all in his iTunes, and then it all went... Phew, and I was sending him steps over the weekend to help him, like, to, like, troubleshoot this for me, dude, because I don't have a Mac. Can you follow these steps? And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then he writes me, he's like, so my MacBook died. So I honestly have no well, idea if this works, but, uh, yeah. Jeremy Baker, who used to work here, um, sent out a tweet because he's a DJ and you're, you're yeah, right, I was just but you're not say, on a Mac, are you? No, but I used to, okay, yeah, so 
here, why don't you tell me about Jeremy? So Jeremy sent out this tweet, and he was like, DJs, wedding DJs, mm-hmm. do not upgrade to oh, Catalina. No. Because what was happening is yeah. like... Their the, set list. Their set list, everything, all their music, yeah. all of their like life force, no. they're going to like show up these weddings, and they have nothing. nothing like, it was a disaster. So, because the way it works, you can, as a DJ... It, um, and DJs used to make fun of me for this, so I'm going to say I told you so. No, I won't say nice. I told you so. But uh, as a DJ, you were able to integrate your iTunes library into your digital vinyl system, which oh, I use so Serato. Handy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you wanted to buy a song, if there was a requested a song, you don't have it, just simply buy it off of iTunes that night, and then you can play it right into oh, Serato into your so DJ set. That is so smart. Um, the thing is with that, with this <laughs> update, now that you can't – that physical M4A doesn't really exist now on your right. your database. Oh, dang. Um, all of that music has disappeared. That's so now, it's like they didn't take all the <gasps> use cases in. Like that's such an oversight. Yeah. yeah. So the way when I when I would always back up my library, I would back up my my music library onto uh, a hard drive instead of just taking those songs from my iTunes library and then dragging the M4A yeah. file. Yeah. I would actually take the extra step to convert them into MP3s. This is one of the suggestions I made on the Geek Out. I'd like you see their AACs or M4As. And for me, for on on Windows, it's easy to find. It's within your user directory, and then music, and then iTunes music, and you can just run something like Easy CD Creator, convert all those M4As into MP3s. But I don't know where to find that on a Mac. Yeah. Oh yeah. So on the Mac, all you have to do is show your hidden files. So the thing is, like that the Mac does is like you have iTunes, and then you have to like right click and you have to show package contents because mm. um, the way that Apple packages um, their things is of course different than um, a Windows environment where you could click in and you can see all the file structure. Right, right. right. It's the same thing like if you have an iPhone and a Samsung phone and like you can like actually plug your phone in and put your files somewhere yeah. with like uh, with a, why am I calling it a Samsung phone? What are they called? Android. Android phone. Um, anyway, you go show package contents and then you go in and in and in and then you have to show hidden files and then you can find it's just like they're trying like Apple is kind of they're very proprietary, they but they're their- also trying to protect people from doing dumb things, like yep. accidentally yep. deleting all of their stuff. Yeah, And that was the thing with Apple is they always tried to make it as easy as possible, drag and drop, right? Exactly. That's why yeah. they do the hidden files thing, yeah. right? Is that because then you could easily, PC users would do this all the time. They would accidentally change uh, a setting because they have easy access to all those settings that they know nothing about yeah. and then fuck something up in their mm-hmm. database. So Apple, Apple would try to do that. But now when it comes to this, People that were so reliant on the drag and drop of Apple and of iTunes. Uh, Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy to me that they would not think of that use case. Like to make something so simple and good um, for DJs to be using, to to not think of that and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just change it. I feel like this has been happening with like iTunes for a little while. Like, I don't don't, know. A few updates updates ago. a A few updates. I don't know how many updates ago. I. I also had that problem is like I couldn't even find iTunes like what happened to it. And it's just like now they've kind of put together iTunes and like Apple Music. It's like one whole thing now. Yep. And that's and yeah, it took me a little while to figure that but out. But then so. they, they they took it apart because for a long time it was one whole thing and like my podcasts and my books and everything was in there and then they split it apart and now they're putting it back together again. Yeah. It's just well, it, iTunes itself as a single program just became bloated because 
there was just music when it first came out, and then there was the whole idea of putting video in there, TVs and movies and video, and then they added the ebooks and they added the podcasts, and it just became such a ballooning animal that I get why they did it, but the information flow as they did it was. It was a brutal mistake as far as I'm concerned. I tell my parents to always, like, update and stuff, but maybe I just won't tell them to update now. Can I um, follow up on one more thing because of the DJ and trying to do my due diligence to any other DJs that listen to the Geek Out podcast? (laughs) Jerry Baker, I hope Jerry Baker, if you're listening. Uh, If you are using, say, Serato DJ, which is the the digital vinyl software that I would use and most DJs use, there is um, a Serato DJ Pro 2.3 update, which uh, will provide support for uh, Mac OS Catalina. Um, The only thing is that they do ask you to check your hardware and make sure that it lines up because some t- some hardware won't actually work with that new uh, update. Oh, um, so it's still stuff that like Serato is still trying to figure out um, as well. But they are because Serato's so good. Like I can actually um, uh, DJ using, and this this helped me in my last DJ gig when there were so many requests flying at me. But I can actually use the streaming services of SoundCloud or or title hmm. to find a song and then put it directly into oh and um, like get the beats and everything right off yeah well, awesome. it, it'll analyze the song oh. give me the beats per minute it'll give me the key and everything like that that's so good um so i can do that and that's basically the what serato has done to try to uh help with this update for nice. um catalina that's you know so what cool. they should have called this update the fucking catalina wine mixer yeah that's oh. right that's what it is <laughs> it's a fucking shit show <laughs> so Sorry, Apple folks, but uh, yeah, I've uh, I, the zone.fm slash geekout. I tried to compile and update uh, instructions as I as I am given them because it's not like I understand. So funny that Paul's still cleaning up that broken glass <laughs> yeah, and he missed the, the Apple talk. Hilarious. So there's only Kirsten here and Art and then two Android guys talking about this shit. Right? No kidding. Hilarious. Let's get into proper geek news. We have first uh, scores in uh, critical reviews for Terminator. I thought that they stopped this. I thought that um, after Captain Marvel, they were like, nope, we're not letting anyone review this movie until after it's actually released. No, they're not going to let any of the great on watch, the public, do the reviews. But these are critical, like, actual page media critic reviews. Oh, okay. So that's certified fresh. Oh, it's up 2%. 67%. Yeah. That's not great. Not great. Sixty-seven percent. Is that's that great? That's like a that's like a C. Yeah, Is that good? and you know I'm not really. It's not that I have high high hopes for it. I'm not gonna. I'm not necessarily gonna listen to all the people that are like, "This is like Terminator: The Force Awakens." It's like really read. Really, you know, I'm just. I just like going to Terminator movies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. i Yeah. I really want to see Gabriel Luna in this. I am. So here for this movie, and I hope that I'm not. Well, I know I have. I've I've, I've way built it up too far for myself, but uh, I'm excited. I'm still excited. I don't know about the tomato meter because I find any uh, from for just my personal viewing. I between like sixty and eighty. I think they're very similar movies. Like the yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah, what I've seen. It really depends on the critics too, because like of course this is an action sci-fi movie, so like the critics aren't going to go in there and give it like. 100%, right? Because they're critics. It's a Terminator movie. Yeah. It's not getting 100%. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it I mean, it's no it searching for Bobby Fischer, am I right, Art? 100%, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know about the tomato meter. <laughs> well, I mean, that movie deserved 100%, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, uh, did you get tickets for uh, Terminator? Uh... I'm seeing it on the Monday after opening weekend. Mm, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very excited. 
So I'll see it on. It, I guess it's open opens on November first. I'm seeing it on November fourth. Did we get any like any lines? Like, did we get any any uh, people who saw it? Give it. Give us any. Uh, oh sure, review. sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, they are they are nice and generic. Uh, yeah. Critical reviews. So here's a bad one. The technology of Terminator Dark Fate is exponentially more advanced, but the pacing is so unvaried that even the miracles make you say whatever. And here's a positive one. What the film handsomely mines from the first two episodes, however, is the simple yet apparent elusive combination of kinetic momentum and m- emotional empathy. And the That's a blah, lot of words. blah 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 skin suit, polymimetic alloy. Poly alloy. <laughs> I love that Paul walked in when words. Bud was saying mimetic poly <laughs> alloy <laughs> over a skin metal endoskeleton. <sighs> Okay, sorry. Start again. <laughs> let's take, let's take this from the top. <laughs> take two. Use take two. No. Uh, we're talking about Terminator Dark Fate. Crit- critical reviews are in 67% on the tomatometer. Oh. Eesh, that's not very good. No. That's what no, I said, but, but everyone else seemed to think it was all right. Art, oh, had a, Art had an interesting point that anything between 60 and 80 is pretty much the same, yeah. I find. <laughs> Paul seems to disagree. I think anything above 85 is usually like pretty good but everything below 85 it probably falls in the six to eight range uh you're in school right now aren't you art you should know what you're getting on these exams <laughs> like, yeah because the like, tomato meter really uh, getting a 67 to your fridge like, got a 67 guys pretty proud of myself like that's i would love it if like no art you wrote a paper and then like it was if you got a good uh your, your paper got a good mark they was just wrote like they drew a tomato right. on there, or, or, or if it was a shitty paper, it's a green splat. <laughs> well, that's it. Like it's a, a movie is rotten at sixty percent, isn't that right? So it's not yeah. good. I mean, it's not bad, I suppose. But the thing is, the critics are the critics' reviews are taken, and I guess a human being must do this, and it is either deemed fresh or rotten, and from there, an average is is granted. But I mean, the critics don't. Don't submit a thumbs up, thumbs down slash fresh or rotten. It's it's. Uh, I think the the gist of the review is taken in by a human being. That's and right. Says, oh, that's going to be a fresh one. That's going to be you know. So not, they're not giving it like mathematical scores. Kirsten, please tell me why you're juggling your paper. Why is Star Wars not on here? What part of Star Wars? The trailer. The biggest thing that's happened in the last week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought this whole podcast right, was right, just going to okay, be about okay, Star right. Wars. Yeah, sorry, keep that's talking really about Terminator. No, you that's asked. a really good the point. The tomatometer, how it works, is yeah, that's exactly right. But it's an aggregate uh, score, so they do that. They uh, someone reads the review, and then based on what they say, they uh, assign it either fresh or rotten. Like, was this review <laughs> generally positive or generally negative? But it's just right down like, Star Wars, and then it's just like the percentage. <laughs> Just a percentage of of uh, positive reviews that it got. Thank you. Uh, can we just do a quick test here? What did Ant Man and the Wasp get? Because I thought that movie Good was idea. like a seven. Yeah, out of ten. Yeah, Ant Man and the seven? Wasp, twenty eighteen. Its score is eighty eight percent fresh. Wow. Okay, and then what about Terminator Two? What about the what about oh, sure. widely regarded as the best Terminator okay. movie? Like well, let's then, apples let's to apples. Two, yeah, and then Terminator Two is ninety three. Okay, 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 okay. And now what about Bird Box? Ah, perfect. Is and then right? after that, searching for Bobby Fischer just for kicks. <laughs> it's a hundred percent right. Spoiler Bird alert. Box is sixty three percent. Okay, so that's about that's, right. That's right. See? Yeah, it's a good barometer. Searching for Bobby Fischer. Oh, we know it's a hundred percent. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry. Is that the movie we had to watch? <laughs> <laughs> when you were you cleaning up your glass, the chess one. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. Oh fuck, that's broken. What? <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie art, but. So anyway, numbers are in for Zombieland. Uh, holy lightning! Zombieland Double Tap earned a twenty-six point seven five million dollar opening weekend. Better than the adjusted for inflation twenty four point seven million uh, opening weekend of the original. Okay, is that so? Zombieland Double Tap is that coming out this weekend? Let's find out. I don't know. Yeah, and then Terminator is next next weekend. Yes. Oh yeah, that's no, Zombieland's already out. Oh, it's already out. That's why we have numbers. Oh, did I miss it? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, because these are box office numbers, right? Um, yeah, interesting. I it's so because you mentioned on the sheet here that uh, Jojo Rabbit came in second place. Well, I didn't even know that that had come out. I really want to see that one. Yeah, me neither. Oh, now, maybe not second place. Sorry. Keep in mind, these are independent films. Like we're there's quite a disparity here. Uh, let's see now, Jojo Rabbit. Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, that's it. Oh, well, no, it's, it's probably not, not a wide. But keep in mind, yeah. yes, exactly. These are indie films on not a wide release. And then the other one they mentioned was The Lighthouse, which I'm very interested oh, yeah, in. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that, that is out. So we that's Willem that Dafoe and the vampire uh, Robert Pattinson. Or the Hufflepuff. Or the Batman. Or the Batman. <laughs> Uh, so that was a four hundred nineteen thousand seven hundred sixty-four dollar opening weekend. Wow. Again, independent release, not very wide. I hope The Lighthouse gets here. It's like weird I, that there's not that many spooky movies in the theaters right now. For like, Halloween. It's Call. Halloween, right? And yeah. why is The Lighthouse not a wide release? Yeah, yeah. right. Especially, especially with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Because yeah. horror movies suck. No, they don't. Oh, dude. Get out. I mean, they're no searching for Bobby Fischer. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to keep going back to this. This all the shade on Bobby Fischer? Uh, I'm not movie. It's not like I... Posted my business card about it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to explain that. To no, you. no, no, no. Let's, let's keep it an inside joke. No, all right, fine. <laughs> I don't get it either. I'm glad. I'm glad. This is, I get it. It's really funny to a bunch of people here, but not me. Well, then, a Galaxy Quest documentary is coming at the end of November. Who asked for this? Fandom and Screen Junkies are the ones who put it together. Is it, is it like a crowdfunded thing? Maybe. I don't okay. know who Phantom is, but Screen Junkies are the ones who make the honest trailers. Right. With the gun, with the voice. Um, I know those are fantastic. So it's. N- I know there's some editing pedigree, at least, behind mm-hmm. this. And they've certainly interviewed a lot of... Uh, they've got some of the cast. They've got, you know, Brent Spiner from... Uh, Star Wars and, or Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> That's the first oh, time I've done that. a heart attack. And yeah, so it looks like quite a comprehensive documentary about a real cult classic film. It is a great movie. And yeah, I loved this movie it's when not, I was a kid. It's not going to be free, apparently. Like, you'll have to go and... Do a thing. I can't remember what the thing is to see it, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out on the 27th of, of November. It kind of makes sense because Galaxy Quest exists in this weird place in between where it was like, it was honestly a pretty major release at the time, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. And then, but also kind of falls into like a cult place now. Like Definitely. Has a cult following, yeah. but no one, yeah, it's not like big and beloved, not really. I don't know. Yeah, definitely a cult. Is it good or is it kind of a little bit cheesy, right? Like I'm sure oh, it's, it's definitely cheesy. Good I think enough. it's meant to be, you know? Right. So, yeah, interesting that uh, there is a nice little fan base there. It came there like after that. Tim Allen was like Buzz Lightyear yeah. and so like that's like kind of how he got cast in that and like, I don't know. I, I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah. Tim Allen's great. Enjoy it. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. really good casting in that role. Like Sigourney role. Weaver is a great cast. Um, yeah. Um, Rick, 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 Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, thank you. Cool. Star Wars. 
Star Wars. A Star Wars. The final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker was dropped. very upset. It was one of the I, You know what? I watched that thing. Well, actually, I only watched it three times because I was crying. Um, just that last line. Just when, at the very end, when, spoilers, when Leia says always. like, Oh, man. Was so good. How about that Monday Night Football game too? Nobody watched that. You know what else was on the election? Kirsten, will you <laughs> consent to in the show notes the picture that you sent of us of your f- crying <laughs> face? My crying face. Yeah, I think you go in there. Okay, okay. Good. Let's put that in the show notes. Kirsten <laughs> cried Kendrick. very much. Yeah, yeah. Was it the always as well, or were you crying? No, I didn't even then? hear her say that. Um, I had to go back and watch really? it. Really? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I, I went and did a second watch. So what that made I could you hear cry? Her. Everything. The okay. Star Wars. The I know it doesn't make that noise. But, um, Was it Daisy Ridley? No, fucking not Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Stupid Daisy Ridley. She's great. How no, dare you? she's not. She oh. better. She, I don't know. Everything. everything. Here's what Let's I love. again. I'll cry right now. <laughs> Here's what I loved about this trailer. This is going well. She Daisy Ridley is like running and doing adventure a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. There was like jumping and running, and uh, I just love that so much that JJ seems to make Daisy run. Like if you watch The Force Awakens, half <laughs> she does yep. is like running through the desert and everything, and, and climbing you know, things. Yeah, and, and for an adventure action movie, good run, yeah. do it swinging and jumping and sw- and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. and that was in there for sure. So I'm excited to bring that kind of action pace back to this movie that JJ. I think bring. I watched the trailer and I. I'm I'm pretty sure I was like, thank God for JJ. Thank God he's back. Like, yeah, I think yeah. I cursed, I was going to call him Ryan Adams. Um, I cursed uh, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson like so much just watching the trailer the first time. And I think maybe I just cried because JJ was back. I don't uh, know. Uh, like, give him his own fucking trilogy. Fuck you, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> give him his own trilogy. He can do his own thing. Anyway. Maybe would have been right to, yeah, helm the entire trilogy. But I don't remember specifically. But can you just, like, let's not do it frame by frame. But Kay. can you just um, play it in the background? Yeah. And then maybe I'll. Why? Some. Why did not um, JJ do the second one? They didn't. Well, because originally the plan was for them to each have their own director. Yeah, and Colin Trevorrow oh, was supposed to right. do the third one. That's right. 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 Who's and, that? Who's uh, Jurassic World. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, and JJ, I think, was going to produce on all of them though, and kind of have a guiding hand. Mm-hmm. But obviously. Yeah, and uh, that's Ryan what Johnson they needed. Like, got... it needed a story arc. Like, yeah. yes, unlike and... some other J.J. Abrams things, <laughs> like Lost, <laughs> right? Like, it needed a concrete. Like, if they had done that, if they had planned out a solid story arc, exactly, and then Singular handed vision. it up, then yeah. it would have been fine. But just for him to, I don't care. Like, yeah, I it just... seems so bizarre to break it up like that, especially without you know a single, say, executive producer or someone at a bit of a story arc helm, because otherwise. Why would you include the same characters movie after movie if it's not going to be the same story? If you're just going to change everything in the second story. I'm uh, worried about this new movie, I saw, guys. Wait, I, I just have to see. Right um, so what? The Emperor, um, he, who's the actor? Ian, Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott. After the trailer came out, he put out a tweet and it just said, everything is going exactly to plan. <gasps> yeah! Uh, He's like, so good. Yeah, I yeah. love him. He's awesome. What are you worried about, Art? That's, to me, this looks fantastic. This is my favorite trailer that we've seen so mm-hmm. far, too. Oh, sorry. Tiny, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Tiny, uh, tiny robot. I'm worried that this movie's going to try and do too much. It's, it's going to try. Long, it's clocking in at the longest Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. Mino in the runtime. Two hours and 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Longest Star Wars movie. I think it's going to try and connect the original trilogy with the prequels and... Put it all together. But it's going to try and do that. It has to. And end it. And it's just going to be too much for this movie. It has too to much. bring it all together, though, because no. this is for... the end of the Skywalker saga. 
it has to bring everything together. It's going to try and end game it. Yeah. But then again, I was just going to say it is like for a company that has a track record of putting together 22 movies and making that all fit mm-hmm. and making it not seem like too much. Then I'm pretty confident in this one. Yeah, but those movies had a plan from the start. Yeah, like these good movies point. are mm-hmm. very disconnected. Again, it's like, like the, you, you guys think just they had said. a plan yeah. during the Hulk. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe not right from the start, but as soon as they realized that they had something going, they had a cohesive plan. And Kevin Feige has said that multiple times. But these movies obviously are very I mean, disconnected, George, like you just said, from George Ryan Lucas, Johnson to J.J. Abrams. But George there was Lucas no plan. did have a plan. Like George Lucas did have nine. He gave up creative movies. control. I know years he did, ago. but like there was a plan. I who knows if it's, nobody followed. That. If yeah, it's but been followed, it's very but. no. It hasn't been at all. We know what the plan was for Lucas. It was supposed to be like a microscopic world for oh, the right, last trilogy, right? So like that'll be the legacy of Star Wars. Unfortunately, we we talked about it before, but just like how it went from this massive like the invention of the blockbuster and everything to then sloppy prequels to now this, which I think I think what we're going to think of Star Wars, unfortunately, is. And this movie in particular is on the heels of Endgame, where it was done really, really right. This is going to be trying to do the same thing, but tying together over the last 40 years and more. That's what I mean. Too right? much. It's, too much. it's a lot, and it's been under all these different helms. not too helms. much of 22 movies. Yeah, it's not. We're <laughs> talking about time, but less movies. Yeah. We're talking about more time, that's, but less yeah, movies. that's right. And we're in like different visions, too. Mm-hmm. Is the other thing about it as well, right? Like to try and try the prequel all together as well. Ooh, I I, I'm actually really happy that you are so um, the, uh, negative about this because I feel like you're going to go see it and you're going to have your socks blown off and it's nah. going to be fucking great. <laughs> I, just, I just I hear art. That's what I'm trying to say. I think art is not unjustified in his concern. I just think that'll be what is going on with this movie. Mm. In the, you know, look, I'm just probably going to love it. I'm going to love it very much, but there's that subtext in there that I think is interesting in the same way that when you were first watching Force Awakens, you had the subtext of this is wiping clean the slate yeah. from the damage done of the prequels. Yeah. This is going to be the subtext of this is wrapping up this saga and it's trying to in a satisfying way similar to Endgame. I just want to talk about this scene neat. in the trailer where they're like have three PO and he says oh. that line. He's like, "You're my friends." He sounds he's, like Dobby. Well, like, he says, "I'm taking one last look at, at my, my friends. friends." What does that even mean? Well, I'm pretty sure they're resetting him into evil three PO with the red eyes. Like they're probably sending him in. Like maybe like they have to reset his memory and say so he's never going to remember them. I hate that. I don't know. Or I'm, I'm assuming that's what's happening. But that line is so cheap. There is also and like because I had I picked up on friend. that. And uh, thought, okay, well, he's sort of sacrificing himself to yeah. do something. Yeah, I think right. so, too. Where, so there was a comic run as well to explain how yes. he got the red arm, the red arm right? Yeah. And he sacrificed uh, a bit of himself, uh, and that sort of explains mm-hmm. the red arm, right? Oh, really? I, I hate this. Yeah. I have a feeling, too, that, like, yeah, this is the end of C3. But I, I was thinking more like he has, like, space cancer or, like, droid. <laughs> space cancer. Or, like, dr- he's got, like, droid malfunction cancer or something. Wow. Like, incurable uh, circuit rot or something like that. Wow. This looks so good. That's like, you got, you got the stormtroopers, you've got the running, you've got the blasters, yeah. you've got, like, everything that you like about a Star Wars Don't movie. get me wrong. I didn't think this trailer was bad. It's awesome. It's an awesome trailer. It got me, you know, very excited about the movie. But I do believe... 
Like it's those a very tall awesome. order what they're trying to do here. Yeah, and they are putting a ton of shit into it. Like every single frame of this trailer is like, cram more spaceships. Now they're riding horses. More, <laughs> more, more, more. Like cram, cram, cram. Were There's those so much? Were those the um the the ones on the track? No, the, okay, no, fair different enough. horses. Different horses. Um, and then this scene where obviously, see this. I still think this was pretty. Cool. But I hate this. This is why I was telling Bud. I almost didn't want to watch this trailer. We're talking about a scene where Ray and Kylo are smashing some sort of human-headed obelisk together. It's, it's it's Darth Vader's helmet. Oh, that well, Kylo yeah, has. It's like the helmet that he oh, looks at. Oh, so yeah. what is that? Something symbolic? Well, like... I I mean, this is just okay. So this is why I didn't want to watch the trailer. And this trailer does do a really good job of not giving too much away, Paul. I think you said that. Like it's mm-hmm. almost like a nothing trailer, but. Uh, so I'm glad that I watched it because I did not want to watch the trailer because uh, The Last Jedi ended up being such a fucking letdown just after seeing all the stuff in the trailer. But uh, this just goes to my theory that they're going to be working together. Like well, Kylo is they are. training yeah. Absolutely. Rey. But Absolutely. we don't know that. We can't say that. But I, you know what? Like I, Since that idea was brought... To me, I never, I didn't think of this independently, but like one of the first trailers where she's running and then she backflips onto the ship, on the ship it yeah. makes nothing but sense. So this is training. Kylo That's training all. Right of, this is Kylo training, training up Ray. I don't think that they're wrecking another helmet. What do you? What do you? Do you think, think they were fighting there? Well, no, whatever they broke was just the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. I, no, I, I don't. You know what? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I. Somehow I think I it's like somewhere think, in between. Yeah, I, I know. I don't want to think. I don't want to speculate. With the Last Jedi. That's right. And then, it was, and then I and I hated it. So do so we like not want to talk? Exact about same conversation yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so. even want to think. I don't want to think about it anymore. We do, did. Do we then not want to talk about what kind of raised up moving chair the Emperor is sitting in here <laughs> in this scene? Because this looks. <laughs> it looked very Game of Thrones. Ask. Ask. Mixed in with Grievous, I think. Oh, yeah. right. Like the Grievous technology. Yeah. It's very similar to the He's exact thing that cough. just happened in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Right? It's like this raised throne thing, and she has to go and stand before him. It's very similar to uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm. Good call. So, yeah. I think it looks Woo-hoo! great. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fantastic. I can't wait. And we, as a collective pod, we have tickets. We Thanks, got our tickets. Thank you very much, yeah. Kirsten. Yeah. Thank you during that. the election, during the stupid football game that nobody watches. Stupid and football game. Yeah. yeah. Tom Brady wrecked the Jets. But yeah, very lucky to have some tickets. So if you are going to the, what are we going to the seven o'clock IMAX showing on the Thursday? I think so. Yeah. We will see there collectively. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't want to like talk theories or anything about this, but if you go back to a previous pod where we were talking about uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I, I think my theory is that Paul's theory is kind of dead on in terms of... Uh, just with regards to like the name Skywalker, mm. and uh, and then what that actually means to this movie, like but that it's going to be a new religion, kind of like yeah. a new ah thing, yeah. sure sure sect of yeah. force sensitives or whatever. And it just it like again, this trailer was great in that it, it showed a lot, but without really showing you anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are some parts to that trailer that just makes it feel like oh, I think I think what you're thinking is dead on. Mm-hmm. There is no light. There is no dark. That's what balances, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so whether it's... And her name is Ray, which is kind of like Ray. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Uh, I also, uh, whether it's they do it that way or however way too, I really think that this is going to make us appreciate the decisions that Ryan Johnson made in The Last Jedi more. No. (laughs) (laughs) That everybody can be a Jedi. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> I enjoyed that movie. Nope. Uh, it's, it, I, I liked it more than The Force Awakens. The best part of the movie was the silence. Oh, that, that silence. I think about that oh, yeah. 
Honestly, Kirsten, I think about that scene the most out of anything in that movie. That was the most impactful thing when they send the ship into hyperspace through the other ship. I was blown away and so impressed that they made such a bold choice to, A, realistically no sound in space, and B, to it's like a hook. It's like we learn in radio. The silence is an ear hook, and that draws you in. I love that so much. That is pretty much my highlight moment for that movie. Oh, I think yeah. my highlight was, you know, all the nerds complaining about it. To the movie. <laughs> the, your, your, your theater's broken. Yeah. I oh, couldn't yeah. hear that explosion. Right. Theaters had, had to put, put up signs. signs. Oh, yeah. pathetic. Okay, guys, what? Are we done here? Mm-hmm. What else are we going to talk about? Are we done here? Sorry. Never done with Star Wars, but I am done. Seth Rogen is now being eyed for the penguin in the Batman movie. Which is really funny because it's oh, like the, the first person was Jonah Hill. And they're <laughs> right. like, oh my God, right. I bet you it was like Jonah Hill responded to the call and be like, hey, I'm here, I guess, to read for the penguin. You guys wanted me? And they're like, no, we wanted the other yeah, one from Superbad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Sorry. They are maybe similar, but they are not the same. Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill. I no. think Seth, I think Jonah Hill has better acting chops. Potential one. to be, well, he get one in Oscar. Yeah. Okay. Seth Rogen does not have that. I don't want to see Seth think. Rogen be the Penguin. No, either. me neither. It doesn't work in he that could be role. The, either. Could be the Riddler. Uh, that's very Jim Carrey vibes. I know. No, I think because you guys were talking about this last week. Like, I think that you could do like who is bringing up the Gotham Riddler? Like, the Gotham Riddler is really well done. Yeah. And I think like Seth Rogen could do that. I don't know. Can you imagine Seth Rogen as the Joker and his laugh? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, He's looking my bum. <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you. <laughs> Is that all we have to say? Apparently so. Ghostbusters twenty twenty is wrapped filming. Okay, uh, that was cool. really quick. Was that last summer they started filming that? I, feel I think like, so. Yeah, I feel like it was just recent. It was within this fifty six episodes of the Geek Out podcast when we first got the look. Um, the, oh the, yeah, the, the first look that they were even starting filming. Yeah, it wouldn't now even been done. twenty episodes ago. Yeah, no. Um, do you want to talk about? Oh, the, yeah, I have a Ghostbusters thing. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I listened to a, an interview with Dan Aykroyd. And I think he's going to be in the new one as well. Yeah, I uh, thought everyone was coming back. As himself, yeah. Except, except not a taxi except driver. Rick Moranis. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't confirm that Bill Murray actually was going to be in it in this interview, but yeah, I should hope as like themselves. But um, I just want to say also that Dan Aykroyd is wackadoo. That guy is nuts. Really? Yeah. Mm. He is like, he believes everything. If you tell him anything, if you tell, go up to him and be like, Dan Aykroyd, guess what? I just got abducted by an alien and then a ghost came out of the alien. <laughs> and then also Bigfoot was there. He'd be like, I 100% believe you. Yeah. Yeah. He like, wow. he is all so hardcore into all that shit and just will believe any story. Cool. And believe it really and like defend it as well. Hmm. He's nuts. <laughs> but interestingly, he says that he never has seen a ghost. He believes in them. Mm-hmm. He thinks that one got into bed with him one time, what? but he's never seen it. <laughs> Just like the movie? Story. Similar to the movie, except in the movie, it's a girl ghost and then she blows him, like ghost blows him, and in real life, it was a male ghost and they just cuddled. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm serious. That's amazing. Okay, so Brian, what I was going to say, do you want to talk about Cowboy Bebop? I, a, I didn't know this was happening. Um, I think it's really cool that they are making a Netflix live action show out of the anime Cowboy Bebop, but unfortunately now production has been shut down for seven to nine months. What so is- now my question is, is this actually happening then? 
Because a lot can happen in seven to nine months. John absolutely. Cho, so production has been shut, shut down because John Cho injured himself. Yeah, absolutely a lot can happen in seven or nine months. I don't know how far along the production was. So mm-hmm. it's a question of can this be picked up with someone else quicker? Because, uh, you know, it's a lot of money on rentals and people and things that are booked. And I'm sure there's a bunch of insurance payouts right now because the production is not and happening. And that's the thing is, that, like, is John Cho... Um, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible qual- like um quality for Difference this enough, you know yeah, in terms yeah. or caliber for for this movie yeah, or for would this he project. be the defining character Hard or would he have to they have to move on to somebody else because if, if if they have to wait 7 to 9 months for his injury to heal the so many things can happen in terms of scheduling for other movie yeah. shoots people starting working on different productions yeah, other and cast stuff. and crew definitely. I think it depends how far into production they are like if they've filmed you know the majority of the episodes they're not going to go back and yeah. refilm it with a new actor that's just more more yeah because i i think he's the lead character yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i have a question too for you bud go for it what is that what is cowboy bebop yeah uh it's a an an when was cowboy bebop anime let's find it's out it's bebop from the ninja turtles and he has a hat on yeah i assume that stop so talking. that's the rhinoceros i'm pretty sure no. was, and some spurs and rocksteady stop was rocksteady it. the hog and bebop and bebop was the no, i thought rhinoceros? it was the other i thought rocksteady was the rhino could have been thanks been. guys so no this was an, a late 90s anime there were only 26 episodes and the general plot, 50 years after an accident, a hyperspace gateway makes Earth almost uninhabitable. Humanity's colonized a bunch of the rocky planets and moons of the solar system, so it's kind of a wild west. Oh, cool, in space. Yeah, yeah. there's an intersolar system police set up, and those are the cowboys. And the cowboys are working from a spaceship, which is called Bebop. So that's, oh, that's what it is. That that's cool as hell. The gist of it, yeah. I'm pretty sure from what I remember of it is because like i used to work in a video store and right. i think we only had maybe one or two copies of the the dvd set uh, and sure. it was never in it was always rented yeah and then i think also if i remember correctly somebody tried to steal it but that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's video Amen. store life yeah exactly so yeah i'm not so the, okay this article says being relatively in early into filming would allow Netflix to recast uh-huh. the role but I hear the streamer is fully committed to to show in the title role waiting until late spring early summer to resume filming along with the logistical challenges that that presents wow that that's a lot of logistical challenges like, and that's a ho- huge commitment yeah for for a major like production like that 7 to 9 months is a lifetime oh absolutely it's a huge amount of time so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Because, um, again, yeah, concept is great. I love that they're doing it. Uh, but, yeah, that is, oof, that is forever. It's, it's almost like in internet time, seven or nine months, to stop working on something and then have everybody come back, mm-hmm. probably a bunch of different people, uh, you know, especially in crew, and try and pick up where you left off. Eee. Didn't that happen in the Mission Impossible movie? Like, but then Tom he, Cruise like, broke his foot on set. Yeah, uh, during a stunt. So yeah. they're already halfway through filming. And you're not obviously going to replace Tom Cruise, so you're yeah. just going to have to wait for that shit to heal, right? And it's because it's Tom Cruise, and he's the he's the figurehead of that franchise. Yeah. All right. Anything else? What else? What else? Um, well, if you're going to talk forever, shouldn't we move on to reviews and I'm recommendations? Not talk forever. I'm you told curious. me you were going to. Well, one thing I forgot to say last podcast that Capital City Comic Con is back this year. Yes, mm-hmm. and they got their first. Uh, talent oh tell me who i missed this gates mcfadden hey cool dr crusher mm-hmm. that's right mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah well, trekkies mm-hmm. that's cool yep. you used to have a crush on her oh really 
I think the dream for all of our daughters should be that they all wind up working as a doctor on a spaceship. That's not bad. Right? That's not bad. She's a massive role model. Yeah. She's awesome. Absolutely. And Is the Geekpod going to be there, guys? Yeah, Come right? Back. Yeah, right. and I talk, was talking to them in terms of like when I was we were going to be allowed to announce it. So way to go, Art. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was sorry. Oh. Yeah. I apologize oh. for my part in that, too. That was the worst announce. So I time. guess so sorry. we're... Yeah, I guess we're gonna be there. Maybe. No Maybe. Official announcement. Not officially. Yeah. Just separately. Yeah, but we'll um, as, as yeah. Damn it, I'm the worst. <laughs> 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 no, that's that's cool. I'm pretty sure we can tease it now and then officially announce. <laughs> there that we're gonna two be there. official guest announcements: Gates McFadden and the Geek Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because the uh, the official response back that we got was like, "Hey, cool, you guys are interested in doing this again." Yeah, it didn't go as badly as I thought. <laughs> so, no, much. they didn't say that. So, unaf- we're, keep we're, your ears tuned. We're, we're probably going to be on at the same time as Gates McFadden. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then half of us yeah. will like leave. So, we're still in talks. Lower body injury. Nothing specified yet. Okay. <laughs> but we'll be there. Reviews and recommendations. Let's start with Brian and Living With Yourself, the Paul's Rudd <laughs> show. Uh, I'm only a couple episodes in. I like I said, I was I was at an airport layover and I was like, "Fuck, I got nothing else to do. Let's watch this Paul Rudd movie that Netflix so desperately wants everybody to watch." Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's it's a it's a show, but it's an easy watch. Um, I I I kind of like the tone of it. Um, where it goes, I I thought it was going to be predictable in terms of like how everything was going to unfold. Like, but. No, it pretty much hits you in the face in terms of like this is what's happening, and and so I'm very intrigued to finish it now because mm-hmm. it it wasn't as predictable as I as I thought it would be. Huh? Paul Rudd is, is it funny? Is it enjoyable? Is it's it... yeah. It's it's a darker comedy, obviously, than okay. you'd be used to watching. Paul, it's like it's no "I Love You, Man," oh. but Paul Rudd's style of acting uh, of comedic acting works so well with this character okay. because he's obviously depressed and he thinks he has a shitty life and stuff. Um, and all these things happen to him and he's got the just the way he does physical comedy it's still like it's it's sad you're like oh man i feel so bad for this character but holy fuck is this funny (laughs) um so yeah i think it's a really good if you if you're into dark if you're not so sure about dark comedies like if you've ever watched like say a novocaine and been like "Mm, that's not the steve martin i know or whatever (laughs) um then this is a kind of a good introduction to a dark comedy. Okay, cool. He's just an enjoyable human being, Paul Rudd. Yeah, I mean, like, this, uh, the other movies that he's been in, like, the comedies and stuff, like, I love you, man. He's perfect in that. Yeah. Yeah. Have, you guys, oh, no, just... have you guys watched the show Hot Ones? Have you guys, any of you here? No. I've never even heard of that. Okay, so it's just an interview show. Oh, yeah, and yeah. He, yeah. yeah. So basically, the, uh, the celebrity that gets interviewed... Usually they're promoting something, right? Mm-hmm. And he was promoting that. Yeah. He was on Hot Ones. Right? So I saw, yeah, I saw yeah. that last week. And it's, it's good. so funny. He's it's really so good. good. And yeah. then again, he was the highlight for the Between Two Ferns movie for me. Oh, and yeah. the, those like the, the the bloopers and stuff. I heard that he was uh, or he was on Conan and he was promoting the show as well. And did I heard Joe Mac and me. Yes, he did. Nice. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, uh, there were two Macs in this one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the show. So that's the other thing, part of it, too, is that the way he acted, I guess it's just kind of like how anybody would do, like, um, oh, I'm acting up against, like, I'm I'm Michael Keaton in Multiplicity or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he would do 
the scenes. Like he would do one one set of the scenes, and then he would have like say an earpiece in or be listening to the dialogue that oh, he okay. did yeah. and react to that. So he'd have to do all the scenes twice. Oh, okay. That's Sorry, cool. but am I better? Or is that You're better? not supposed to let people know when I ask you let, to put the mic you know in your face. Let people know that you're flinching at me. I'm not. I'm trying not to. <laughs> uh, Jeez. But oh what, so what he said on Conan 2 was that uh, – and this is what almost sold me on it was that it's an easy breezy watch. It is. And he talked about like he's like I don't watch anything because similar to Kirsten, I guess everything's just too long for me. Yeah. He's like yeah. I'm sure this show is great. I'll never ever watch it. Whereas with this, it's like what is it? Eight episodes, twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes each. And that's done. Yeah. There's no second season. Well, we don't know. Uh, I bet you. It's, I'm already out. Oh, jeez, Christian. <laughs> but, but that almost sold me on it. Yeah. It's like that's a breezy watch that I can do while I fall asleep or something. Mm-hmm. Or you're in the Calgary airport. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. Kristen James, where will we find you next week? Wait a minute. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I thought you're ending it now. You guys have to listen to all the sentence. My review and recommendation, having sawed Disneyland. Having so will sawed Disneyland. Having will Disneyland. sawed to Disneyland. Yeah. Um, very How long excited. you gone for? Um, a week. Amazing. Um, going to Disneyland. Going to go specifically to see um, Galaxy's Edge. I'm going to cry the entire time. Um, yeah, the Rise of the Skywalker is... Or, sorry, no. no the... Um, the Rise of the Resistance ride is still not open. Um, and I've heard rumors, actually. So just go back a sec. So I booked this trip in January to go see Galaxy's Edge. And I figured, okay, if I'm there in the end of October, that's going to give them six months to like sort out any shit that happens. Well, that's not true because after four months, they were like, well, one of the rides isn't going to be open. Um, and now I'm actually hearing rumors that they're, Disney is actually going to miss the second deadline. So they've said <gasps> that they're going to wow. be opening... In Florida, Rise of Skywalker, or fuck, Rise of the Resistance in December and in January in Anaheim. But I've heard rumors that they're going to miss that, that whatever this technology wow. that they're using for this new ride, they're having so many issues that they might jump to deadlines, which is crazy. Yeah, for yes. It's crazy, but it's it's the less evil of the publicity yes. than to open something that's not working. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, totally. It's like Nintendo. They'll delay a game because it's better to release it right but late than to release it early and glitch because if it's released early and glitch it's like that forever people hate your game so. but the thing yeah. about galaxy's edge though is like there and I, mary harrison was there and like she was kind of trying to give reports that weren't too spoilery because i've tried to stay away from information about it Thanks, but mary. basically this like land that disney has opened has one ride in it and everything else costs money mm. which is really weird for wow. disneyland like yeah. what well like the lightsaber so i'm going to build a lightsaber right. that costs money going into the Isn't cantina that like 200 bucks us it's 200 dollars us yeah Amazing. but it's a whole experience yeah, yeah. i love it like it. honestly i think i would do that but you don't have to like you don't have to do those things or rather no, like you don't like, have to spend but money then what else is there like, to but do what else just to look at this is the thing where you just go and look at things. Yeah, and I don't but, hate that. Like that's like what Disneyland to, like, kind of is. Like if you think of Tomorrowland or Adventureland or yeah. like Fantasyland, you're not selling me on these lands, got, there, Kirsten. Yeah. Got, like, there's rides. There's like three or four like anchoring rides for yeah. you to be in there. Um, Galaxy's Edge has one fucking ride right yeah. now, yeah. and everything else costs money. Do you know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. that is a very different formula than Disney usually has. Because I think you get, no, I think that's the Disney formula. It's, it's kind just of, ramped like up. Like California Adventure, like the Cars Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's only, there's, there's a couple of rides, mm-hmm. but there's only that one, the, the, the race racers, around, yeah. uh, uh, 
Canyon or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but DCA is surrounded by a whole bunch of other rides that you can just go on now that you paid your admission kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah, yeah. The other ride, or the other lands in Disneyland are very similar. But yeah, so that's the thing. The appeal to me of Cars Land was actually to get to spend time in Radiator Springs mm-hmm. and look around that's and right. stuff. But, okay, that's so right. here's like my counter th- to that, though, is that, yes, you can go spend time in Radiator Springs and you can go to, like, Flo's, whatever, mm-hmm. have, a, like, cafe. Yeah. But... Galaxy's Edge is specifically set up to make you spend more money. So you can build a droid. That's $150. You can build a lightsaber. That's $200. You want to go to the cantina? Okay, to get in the cantina, you need to buy drinks and food. right? Whereas in Radiator Springs, yeah, you can just go wander around, but there's not many more of those added value expenses. Do you get to take the droid home? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, oh, which I'm great. fine with. Like I've can been you, saving can for you this. Can you take the, the FAA? Like you take the <laughs> yeah, droid home. <laughs> like I'm fine with it because I've been saving for this trip since January because I I know that I'm going to spend a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. But like just unfortunately, that's not usually what Disney does, and especially like with families with with kids. You know, you don't want to go drop two hundred dollars a lightsaber. Like that's insane. No. Well, but I think they know too, and they're capitalizing on it's not just for kids. There are so many adult man babies. Mm-hmm. Um, like us, that will that have two hundred dollars to spend on a droid or a lightsaber. It's build a bear. It's basically this is build a bear. Yeah, the droid, the, the build a droid, droid yeah. bear. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm really excited, and I'll have a full review and recommendation of it not next week, but the week after that. Um, of uh, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Sweet. I uh, I feel for you because yeah, you would think that after six months of being open, they would just have everything open and all their shit together. But I thought. I bet on it. Yeah, it's a it's a real math you have to do with Disneyland stuff yeah. like that between it opening and it being and the lines being too long and everyone seeing it for the first time and then having issues Fuck. with it. No, is it stopped? Fuck what? Addition uh, has crashed. Uh oh. Uh, if you. <laughs> the fucks. So the, the, the fucks. There it is. Yeah. So the recording stopped. Uh. And, and it stopped right when Bud said fuck. So you're leaving that in. I know you're editing this, but we're all counting on you to leave that fuck in. I don't oh, swear. The title of this episode, can it be Bud says fuck at Bud one point? Bud says fuck. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we can tease it. You, The listens, if we tease it and, and we're like, Bud says, I swear, Bud says the F word in this. Oh if we tease that, I'm going to change actually our oh teaser. Somebody has to change their opening thing on the today on the Geek Bud Out podcast. Says Bud says a swear. And then our numbers are going to go through the roof. <laughs> you, wow, wow. you really got anger and rage issues. They were the audition crash. We've never had that this before. What happens That's when major, you bottle major, it all major, in major. there and you swear loudly like yeah. that? Wow. I I'm thought really it was like, because Kirsten was just like, uh, yeah, and I'm going to have a full review of uh, Star Wars and Disneyland and Bud like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Kirsten, maybe don't, you don't have to do that because you're enraging Bud. <laughs> Anyway, Paul, you I'm were very, saying, very, very excited. <laughs> yeah, okay. that uh, you gotta you gotta time your visit to Disneyland between when they work all the glitches out, yeah. they open everything, and but and and then the the hype dies down, mm-hmm. but before then it starts breaking down. And I thought I had done it perfectly. Yeah, I have done all early. the calculations, um, but everybody else avoided it this summer because everyone thought it was going to be nuts. Because Disney was like, "It's going to be nuts this summer. It's going to be crazy. Galaxy's Edge is open," and and everyone was like, "Fuck no, we're not going to Disneyland." Right. And they lost a bunch of money because their numbers were so far down. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah. you can't over hype. You can't over. 
Uh, that's like scare tactics. You can't overdo well, that. Well, they had this whole boarding system thing that they've never had right. to use. But oh. what it was was because they thought Galaxy's Edge was going to be so busy that they could only let a limited amount of people into the land, right? Like the capacity right. is whatever, say 5,000 people. And so they were thinking that they were going to have to have a boarding system for people to be allowed in the land. Right. So you'd have to take a boarding number to go in. But they've never had to employ it. <laughs> like, uh, crazy. It's, it's, yeah. All I've seen, uh, a few different friends have been down there. And, of course, they put like, uh, Instagram stories of them being down there and it looks I don't want to say abandoned but yeah. like it doesn't look crazy yeah. you would think that you would not be able to see the Millennium Falcon and the stuff mm-hmm. because it's just so many people because Disneyland can get that way mm-hmm. it hasn't been from to me seen. though I'd be okay with that like I I, I get kind of sad when I see the, the Harry Potterville and it's like just packed with people. I'm like, yeah. that's kind of really neat, but it's like, I can't really experience anything because there's so many people around. So oh, I'd so be okay true. with it to be. I'm going to yeah. do that. I'm going to do the void that you guys were talking yeah. about. Nice. Um, yes. I, I, I can't decide Curse if I'm going to do broke. the Marvel one or the Star Wars one, though. Oh, boy. Mm. Ooh, I would vote for Star Wars for you, I, especially. Yeah. 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 But, the, but we, you guys talked about the Marvel. I know it's like, it's, it's like 60 bucks, though. Yeah, but, but you yeah. know what? There's one in West Edmonton Mall. So come back and then make a quick trip to Edmonton yeah. and do the Star Wars one. We never there. talked about so we skipped over that one last uh week. The the storyline for the Marvel one is the return of Ultron. So oh. James Spader is Yeah, back I thought and, I heard oh, James Spader cool. in yeah. that preview. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna do that. And then the other thing I'm gonna do is go to this thing called the Magic Castle, which I will talk about. Because it's very great. it's very geeky if you're geeky about magic or magicians. And or you're gonna go like to In and Out, you're gonna go to the comedy store, you're gonna do everything. Yep. My goodness. That's exciting. I'm happy for yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll miss you next week. Okay, do I get to talk forever yeah. now? Well, you can say another swear word if you like. Shut up. Oh, okay. Uh, who saw Watchmen <laughs> se- season one, episode one? Paul, did you get around to it? No, I no, watched I The Watchmen. You watched it? Yes. Do you right. want to be spoilery about it? Because I'll leave. If I'm going to be hella spoilery. Yeah, I all right, I'm so. Really? There's not really much of a spoiler. I mean, yeah. there's, like, there's one big spoiler. I, I want gonna, you to just talk freely. I'm going to tap out. It's okay. when Hopper yeah. dies. And I, I'm going to hit down to a thing anyways. What? <laughs> didn't say that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, that was so funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, but I'll, I'll say, can we talk a little non-spoilery first? Yeah. 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 Can Absolutely. we do first? So, because like, thoughts? the spoilery stuff, that's going to basically ruin my first watch? Oh, yeah. No. Okay, okay, sure. Okay, you know what? Maybe I'll just try. Because honestly, I got this much in notes. So, I will be oh, happy wow. to give a... But do non-spoilers and then spoilers. Yes, I'm like, sure I feel like, like, I, like I could do a non-spoilery, like okay. like the general tone. But the first thing I want to say is that when we watched it, I realized it'd been a long time since I'd watched an HBO show because it did that like and then I was like. Everyone has a theme that comes on for them because yeah, for a while it's been Game of Thrones, but I also very easily can do Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Sopranos, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. So it wasn't Game of Thrones. I was kind of like, oh. I know. I'm also used to because like I also after watching Game of Thrones, I would stick around to watch Last Week Tonight. Right, right. So do the same thing. So Watchmen was a 12-issue American-British uh, comic book series. Uh, I think it came out in 89. Late, uh, late. Damn, I didn't have that part written down. Um, there's an alternate history in the United States in, in the 80s. Superheroes emerged in the 1940s. And because of this, government-sponsored superheroes, America won the Vietnam War. Vietnam became a state. 
Um, Nixon is serving his fifth term as president. The Watergate scandal never happened. Uh, ultimately, because of the Keene Act of 1977, all these masked heroes, they call them masks as a shorthand. They're the masksmen outlawed. But vigilantes emerge, and there are a couple people who go from being uh, outlawed uh, heroes to state-sponsored heroes. There's only two. Uh, there's one guy called The Comedian, and there's one called Ozymandias. Um, and, but there's one guy called Rorschach who for, refused to be um, stifled under the Keene Act. And so he and a bunch of vigilantes, like vigilantism kind of continues. The world is on the brink of World War III. And so it's this, this ensemble cast of people. There's, it starts with a murder of a guy, of one of the, the, uh, the, the vigilantes called the comedian. And he wears, a, he wears a happy face pin. And when he's killed, there's a splotch of blood that falls on it. And that's, the op- that's, that's the, what you see on the cover of the first Watchmen. And honestly, that and this pin that I got from Legends in Market Square, Legends Comic Shop, was really what got me into happy faces. And if you wow. know me, you know I'm super into happy faces. So, yeah, there's huge conspiracies, a story within a story called Tales of the Black Freighter. And in the end, it ends with a wild alien squid invasion to bring the in world. In the comic book. Yes, series. in the comic book. To bring the, the, the politicians of the world, the countries of the world together, united against a foe. Even though it's a fake foe, that's the conspiracy. It was just done to sort of cause this world peace. The movie came out, the Zack Snyder movie came out, which stylistically was very, very cool. Lots of neat references and kind of panned. But I still, I still enjoy it, except for the fact that they completely changed the ending of the movie. And they blamed it on uh, John, this guy who, who was, had his atoms taken apart and Dr. came back Manhattan. as the big blue naked guy, Dr. Manhattan. So in the comic, he sort of exiles himself to Mars. He's sort of, he's, he's very emotionally detached, but he still has some sort of remnants of humanity in there. And he's just like, I can't deal with you people anymore. And he just teleports himself to Mars because this is the kind of thing he can do. Uh, but in the movie, they blame uh, Dr. Manhattan for the, uh, for the, for the, uh, the he's sort of the, the force that everybody unites against. So they're not counting. Which is also counting. part of the conspiracy too, which is really so yeah. great. And they're not, so they're not counting the, the movie ending. They're counting the, um, the comic ending. Wow. And so this is set in present day, alternate history, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, yeah. So I don't think, like, even though you've given us all of the background on Watchmen and the what's happened, and I know that this was one of your big concerns um, watching the first episode, I don't think that you need to know any of that. I think that, because I know that, like, you said, like, I, you were worried yeah. having watched the first episode and been like, if someone was going into this not knowing the background of the graphic novels or the movie, that they would be lost. Yeah, this, this is my concern for His Dark Materials as well. Like, I, I want this to succeed, but I don't, I don't know so. if The Great Unwashed will be hooked in by the rest of it without I, having to I know the backstory. I think that you don't need to know the backstory, and I think that the backstory, um, if you know it, there was just some really nice Easter eggs in there um, that you would understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think you need to know all of that, and you could go in blind. How familiar are you guys with the comic book series? Like, like from what I read, like, have you read the comic? Yeah, I've always known of the comic, but okay. I've never read into the storyline. So my first taste of the Watchmen was really the that Zack mm-hmm. Snyder movie. So like, just to because you've you've um, kind of this is a, a tiny spoiler, but you already said it, so I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> so to give you an example of what I mean, of I don't think you need to know the background to understand this is that there is a scene in this first episode where it rains squid 
from the sky. And the thing is, like, if you didn't, if you never read the fucking comic, yeah. you wouldn't be like, you you would just they they present it in a way that it doesn't make sense, and you're kind of like, ooh, what's that about? Yeah, but when you but, see what they are, they're teeny tiny little cephalopods. And if you've read the comic, and I'm like, oh, neat. Then you're like, oh wow, they're going with that ending. Then they're going with the squid ending. Yeah. All right, cool. But if you hadn't read the comic, I don't think that that makes things because Johnny's read it but he didn't remember and I was like what's the fucking squid they're doing the squid he was like what are you talking about oh wow so like I I think you could go into this blind okay interesting I would love that I think that's great I I want this to succeed tiny tiny little things that as a fan you're gonna pick up on oh huge so many things so is that the only thing then in this in this uh, series that they sort of change between say like the movie uh the movie ending and the comic ending? And we don't even know if they've changed it because they haven't given us any answers in this first episode. No, but okay. generally, generally the world is the same. It's the only anomaly, the only thing that they're they're cutting like out. The, the world is, is the, the same. This is the same the world movie. as the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but it's the comic. Oh, sorry, not the movie. Yes, the comic. Oh, okay. But, but also but don't know. <laughs> nine-tenths of the movie was the comic as well. They yeah. stayed faithful to that and just changed the very end. Right. So that's the only cancer that they're cutting out of this is that changed ending. Hmm. But they're going with the comic ending. But we don't know that. But come but come on, like, are in there. Come on. Yeah, but we don't. That could have happened later. We don't know that because they're again. This is not a spoiler. It's an Easter eggy thing. <laughs> Partway through the episode, there is the tiniest little 0.5 second clip of Doctor Manhattan on Mars destroying his house, his castle. Yeah. But like, you would never if you, if you didn't know the comics or the graphic, you you wouldn't pick it up. So if. Hmm. Dr. Manhattan is exiled in Mars. Okay, you guys, these are not Easter eggs. These are plot points. No, and I not. think they're going to, yeah, I think those are going to, mm. yeah, in the pilot episode, they feel maybe like Easter eggs, but those are going to well, the factor squid. into like, the... the squid is definitely going to. That was yeah. not a tiny little Easter egg. I think it, you benefit from having knowing this, the comic story. No, I don't think so. I don't think you need to know so it. So I have an overall question for <laughs> both of you. Please. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Boys. Yep. The Netflix series. No, That's it's right. uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah. Or this Watchmen. Which one should I watch first? I've seen one episode of The Boys. What do you think? Feels like it feels like The Boys. You can turn your brain off a little bit more than The Watchmen. Am I correct? I would I would say so. I, again, I've only seen the first one as well, but I would say so. And but I mean, The Boys is like they're introducing a whole new world, so they're gonna they're gonna world build that. And this is a world with a bunch of establishment in it. So I would just, even just go like Amazon versus HBO. What do you want to watch? Hmm. Yeah, mm. I think fair in terms of quality, and I haven't seen any of this. Well, Amazon right now, Watchmen, I think yeah. is. It was on, good. Like this, a, non, a non-spoilery. Like I liked it. I thought it was really good. I'm not concerned about people that haven't read or are familiar with the Watchmen because I think there's enough mystery in it that even me being familiar, I was like. But what's going on? Like, I don't know. I can't fill in these blanks. Like, there is a lot of mystery. Um, they mentioned some some acts that I'm like, what's that? Like, read something. I don't know. Um, I, I, I really liked this first episode. It left me. Johnny saw it and was like, I don't understand what the fuck just happened. See, and that's what I'm but curious about. Oh, read, mind you, and he's read the he's things, He's read too, yeah. the, the books, and he's he's watched the movie. And so, he didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I, as and, and you, but as more of a, a deeper fan of these series, I think appreciated the Easter eggs, but they, you don't need them. And nobody knows what the fuck is going on. It's basically... <laughs> yeah, it's the watch. It doesn't world. matter if you have an understanding or not. Would you call this show, like, not a police drama, but, I mean... 
there's some kind of police. It is. It's kind of a police drama. Yeah, right? it's like, like vigilante. Sure. Well, because like, and and we knew this when we saw the ad for it. Um, as it, in this alternate reality in the future, um, the police cover their faces now. Yeah. Um, because it was like the vigilantes did it, and they're like, wait a minute, like you can see our faces and you can come to my house as a, and, and shoot me because you know I'm a police officer. So it's almost like the police are the vigilantes. Yes, exactly. Um, but we don't know why that's happened. We don't know what's caused it. We don't know, like, th- there's, like, this... Um See, there was the one- bad guys. We don't know really where they've come from. Yeah. There was one thing that I heard in, in uh, a video or a something that happened before the series that there was one one coordinated attack on police. Mm-hmm. And it was from that oh, that, uh, okay. that they all decided to become mad. In the show, we learned that it was called The White Knight. Um, oh. And and this this really plays into the there's a lot of racial tension and white supremacy. Yeah, they, it was. Yeah, it's interesting that they've put that in there because like, and that's the part that I'm a little bit worried about because they've taken this um, comic book series based in the 80s, which was really about like nuclear winter and yeah. like the Cold War and the Cold and, War, and, yeah. and they're modernizing it by using race war. Well. Instead, there's lots of there's lots of little details like it is an alternate history and things have to keep evolving. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you notice people are using landlines and pagers in this in this show, even though it's the present day. Exactly. Ah. Interesting. I, I, like I've, I've, yeah. I've absolutely confirmed that this is happening like present day. So. Petypedia, P.E.T.E.Y. Wikipedia, like Wikipedia, uh, if you go to hbo.com slash ptpedia, um, this is sort of a companion site, and there's four PDFs on there. I'm not going to get into too wow. much, but I'm going to read you one thing, which is an FBI memo um, uh, you know, called The Computer in You or something like that, and it explains a bit about the technology in this alternate Watchmen timeline. <laughs> First off, they call electronic mail, they call it L-mail instead of email. Huh. These, are, these are the little Let- details. Letter mail. Yeah, exactly. So computers, at least in law enforcement, computers are newly destigmatized huh. uh, in 2019 because they thought that the use of technology in computers, which was just coming up in the 80s, was what led to, as they call it, the squid drop. Oh. Wow. So there are different theories as to what happened. Like maybe they thought, oh, the com- we're making computers. Maybe they're sending out signals. It's an alien invasion. Right. You know? So they are just, hmm. just now getting back into technology. And that's why, for instance, in this world, they're just they're still using landlines See, and just getting pages. That. That's Absolutely. cool. And you know what? That. That, uh, that's exactly the kind of stuff that if it, was, if it wasn't there in this show, you'd be disappointed with. Sure. That really speaks to the original spirit of the comic that yeah. like really imagined a different world and a different timeline on our same planet Earth if and, just some things yeah. had happened differently. And it's because Wild. of this kind of world building, this kind of yeah. detail that I know they're putting into it, that I think it's going to be a great show and yeah. hopefully a great show for everyone. Yeah. yeah. I like, I love how passionate you are about Watchmen and how worried Sorry. you are that <laughs> Nobody's going to like it if they don't understand it. Because I want the show to survive. I want to see into this world. I think it will. Like, I, I, I definitely, I have hope for it. Like, watching that first episode, I think you could go into that blind. You're like me with Kim's Convenience. <laughs> People got to know the background. <laughs> what? I don't know what that is. <laughs> so maybe I should go watch it and prove the CBC right. special show. Go watch it, guys. Uh, one other thing I'll mention that's non-spoilery <laughs> is that uh, the the two gentlemen with the Writing credits for the longest number one song of all time in 19 weeks, Old Town Road. Yeah. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails. They do the score. 
and it is present. It is yeah. like it is cool. in your mm-hmm. face. It is driving, and it works in this world. I think. Would you say that the tone of the show is very similar to the Zack Snyder film? No. The Zack Snyder film was very stylized, you know, your slow motion punch. And I loved it. I thought it was really a great sort of bridge between... That was like peak Zack Snyder, too. After that, everything goes really bad. True enough. (laughs) True enough. Yeah. So much slow-mo and things happening. So much exaggeration. No, this is a a grittier, more realistic... Lindoff. Lindelof, I think. Um, Yeah, so this is a a much grittier, more realistic world. Cool. All right. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in. P.S. Happy 30th anniversary to Pretty Hate Machine. Okay, is that going to be the for your spoilers? I spoiler free. I think should go. So. I think you should. Get, yeah, you should, guys should do a spoiler section. Yeah, maybe I'm what sorry. we'll do is. But uh, Paul, where can we find you? Good call. You know where to find me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cool, that's sweet. I sorry. You know what? I want to admit. I, I want to commit to you guys right now that I'm going to start watching it. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. With... I think it is a good show in general. Yeah. I watched I it specifically because both of you said that you were going to watch I it know. and I made Johnny watch it last night and he didn't want to. He wanted to watch a different show. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Paul Rudd one? No, he wanted to watch <laughs> <laughs> uh, What did Johnny want to watch? I forget. It was a comedy. We're Kim's Convenience? Kim's <laughs> Convenience, yeah. I've been pushing that on him. Yeah. Um, so I've just been obsessed, as you know, but with Breath of the Wild and done nothing else. Nice. So I swear I'll carve out two hours this week and we can actually go through this Watchmen series today. That'd it be great. Look fantastic. Well, by the time we but get to two, next week, the two shows. Yeah. yeah, thanks for doing the math. Okay, um, uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I'm going to step out as well. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I'm also stepping out for the next three weeks. So. Oh my god, Art! Whoa, are you so coming next- to Disneyland with me? I should. He's going to school. <laughs> oh, learning. Nerd. He got a new so backpack. So I'll be sure to mention the Geek Out <laughs> podcast as many times during the presentations and yeah. anytime I get to talk. Right after you school. say between the stammers. That's perfect. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you guys, we got big plugs in the last, this last between the stammers because right at the very end, we were talking about movies and we got ah, really heated. And awesome. Stuff. That's great. And I was like, guys listen to the geek out podcast that's great we really appreciate it and it's pathetic that truly none of us have listened to your podcast thanks for that that. guys bye art aronson on all socials bye and brian you can find me where you find me (laughs) nobody else is from well Uh, bye guys looks like kirsten and i are going to talk watchmen for a moment (laughs) spoilers quick brian get out of here before you say a spoiler hello everyone this is a spoiler alert Thank you. <laughs> Do you know what happens to Hopper? That was awesome. That was so awesome. I scared him out of the room. Oh, my God. Okay, spoilers. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, oh, so Paul's come back for his That's four. exactly what he did when he got spoiled. Yes, exactly. That's your own right fault, Paul. Uh, I'm so glad you watched this. I'm so <laughs> glad I wanted to talk to you about this show. It's killing me how much I enjoyed this, despite being so built up. Mm-hmm. I... Try not to fall into the hype machine, but this this the, is so the pretty hype machine. <laughs> this is so deep seated for me. This hype, like this, is from I know this and Terminator and his Dark Materials is a big year for you. Yeah. Oh, it is. This everything's coming up, bud. It's amazing. I told, but yeah, like I was saying, like I totally feel your you want people to like it thing. Like I've had series with. Uh, uh, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I want this to be good so it continues going. And like, I just want to say if anyone's still listening in the spoiler section, but we haven't started spoiling things yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've said it like seven times, but seriously, just go watch it. If you know nothing about Watchmen, you're going to, I feel like you will enjoy it. And it's not going to make any sense, but it's not going to not make any sense because you don't know what's going on. Right. The show literally does not make sense right now. There are a lot of mysteries happening. There are a lot of things like the squid falling from the sky that, oh, that you, was you so don't great. really know. Like, don't worry. Like, I guess my only worry would be that people would think, oh, well, if maybe if I read the book, I would have context now. But really, you don't. I think if you read the comics, you'll have context for Easter eggs, yeah, basically. Yes. Little bits of fan service. But all we know is that there are citywide sirens that are they're almost mundane to people. This mm-hmm. kind of thing happens all the time, and they take shelter, and then thousands of bazillions yeah. of teeny tiny little squids fall from the sky, land on everything, and then <gasps> melt, and people go on about their business. You know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about the fact that Jeremy Irons is in this. Like with No with, freaking kidding. Like, did you know Jeremy Irons was going to be in it? Um, I saw a clip in the last trailer mm. that, that was the first I saw of him. And he's not being named as Ozymandias, but he is obviously yeah. Ozymandias. Yeah. Because um, they talk about son of a watchmaker. and the. Do you think like, he's in like an alternate reality that he's made for himself? I'm because they, they not sure. Two, okay, so like, sorry, we're kind of jumping ahead. Yeah. But those two, like, they're not slaves. The, the like, servants. They're servants. Like the way that he, that one servant got a couple things wrong. I think, like, he brought the horseshoe to cut the cake. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, is this some sort of like? Did Ozymandias make these servants? Yes. And he's like in a like cryogenic bubble or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Ozymandias declared, or yeah, Veet declared dead. Adrian Veet was Ozymandias's, uh Human name. You'll see somebody reading a, a headline on the Tulsa Sun. At the well, and that's of the show. what I mean about again Easter eggs, right? Like, right, exactly. And like, yes, you would get context if you read the books, but you don't really need but it. But I'm sure they will build all that in in future episodes. Because even Johnny, again, uh, who has read everything, um, after that scene happened with Jeremy Irons, he was like, "What was that about? I don't. That didn't make any sense." And I was like, "Well, I think it's Ozymandias because so, of the watchmaker's son." And he was like, "Oh." In the credits, he's just named Lord of the Manor. But yeah, oh, okay. who, the person who I'm calling Ozymandias is in this manor, and he has these two servants who are either robots or like mind wiped people yeah, or something. Um, they are off. They are both something. very, very yeah. off. Uh, who are serving him in his little, uh, you know, secluded area, and he rides a horse, and he's got, I think, another servant uh, outside, maybe. And yeah, it's a very strange little world that he is in, and they give him an anniversary cake for whatever reason. And yeah, you're yeah. right. The butler brings him a horseshoe instead of a knife, nice. and uh, but then makes him a watch as a gift. It's very interesting, and I'm I'm very curious to know what is going on. Well, because on the him. last thing that we know about um, Adrian Vite is like. They went to his castle. Um, Rorschach wanted to expose him. And he was like in the your little thing that you gave about the Watchmen at the beginning. Like Adrian was the mechanism of this conspiracy. Yeah, he, he planned the whole thing. He, But like he, it's, it's a really interesting, like the Watchmen itself is a really interesting novel because of course it's that like ethical question, is he evil or is he not? Because... Mm. He wanted to bring world peace because yeah, the doing... world was destroyed and like Cold War and all that stuff and and you know five minutes to midnight, so he structured this alien invasion in the comic with the squid to make the world band together and be in peace yes. and and it works. Yes, so he's basically sacrificing a bunch of small players yes. for the greater good, the greater good, as yep. he believes it. Yeah, he's the guy 
Huge, huge spoilers, but I already ran the spoilers. Thing. He's the guy who kills the comedian. He's the guy who frames Rorschach and gets him sent to jail. Um, he's he's the one who orchestrated the whole squid thing. Like yeah. he, the world's smartest man, as he is called, he is behind all of it in the comics. So last thing we know of him, mm. does he get stabbed by Rorschach? I don't remember. Nope. He's, he's just alive. They he's, just leave him. Yeah, exactly. We, oh, like, and then there's like kind of like a little bit of a mystery of if Rorschach goes back isn't there no rorschach was uh disintegrated by john by uh right Dr. right right, right that's what because happened. rorschach would Thank not you. would not uh, step down because he would not yes stand because down. all of the vigilantes go decided this. that adrian uh not necessarily decided that he was right but they decided it was too far gone and yes it was the greater good for world peace to come together and rorschach was the one that was like no we have to let the public know he was the conspiracy theory guy that was like no the world deserves to fucking know this yes and Um, although he was right the greater good is to let this stand so that's the last we know of ozymandias um now in this new future timeline the bad guys are they all have rorschach masks yeah so they are the master they are rising up against the police and they are maybe know that this was a conspiracy yeah they like rorschach is their martyr basically they they're called the seventh cavalry um, this is named after Custer's last stand, except the caval- the C in cavalry is, is spelled with a K. They all wear these uh, bootleg Rorschach masks, and they have been underground for about three years, but now they're back. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the opening of the show, an officer is shot by one of them. Very interesting police, um, how the, they have to radio in like to that. headquarters to have their weapons um, unlocked yeah. from their vehicles. And unfortunately, the, the, I, get, I think it's Panda, the Panda back at, the, at headquarters, takes too long and the, the officer is, is riddled with bullets. But survives, which is interesting. The weird part with the the lettuce and the romaine, like something's gonna come back about that. Absolutely, yeah. The 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 clansman throw or the uh, sorry the uh, cavalryman throws a head of lettuce into the the through the hole in the window of the police car before he leaves. Very strange. And then they make a point of being like it was romaine. Yes. And then they make the joke of was there croutons? But like I feel like there was something deeper in there about what does that lettuce have to do with it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. The whole racial thing is is quite interesting. Like so when um. When the lady, what's her name? Uh, so her name is Angela. What's her, her vigilante name? Though? Oh, um, Sister Knight. Sister Knight. Like, so when she is, um, oh, now I forget what I was going to say about her. Racial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, they're, when she's doing the presentation and saying that she uh, is a baker now and the kid's asking all the questions about why are you a baker. And then he asks that question about red. Redfordations. Redfordations. So at the end of the comic, Robert Redford is running for president right. against Nixon, who has served uh, five terms as president. Mm-hmm. Well, in the show, Robert Redford has been president for two decades. Oh, okay, because they so, do that. They, they, they list them all, the yes. kids. They're like, Nixon, something, Redford. Yeah, they, yeah. It, it appears closely on a, uh, quickly on a poster. And so Redfordations are the, the reparations, basically. Right. The, racial, the, uh, the, the racial tone has completely switched. Racial and class, the majority and minority, is almost switched in this version of Tulsa. So the, the white folks are living in trailer parks. And the African-American, uh, African-American folks possibly because of these reparations, these redfordations, are living a much higher level of life. And that one kid, that that burly white kid, said, you pay for your bakery with redfordations, that is 
sort of the the building of the whole white supremacy and then maybe thing. that's why so the other thing is that uh her and her husband have two kids that are adopted yeah three and they're, they're oh there's three there's yeah a third and one. they're all white yeah they're all it's white so, so cool two girls and a boy that's interesting though because uh, part of me was wondering like oh in this reality can they not have kids or like what's going on i was here? curious about that too. but i wonder if that's like uh you know now that i know about red fredations and the classist and the rich like you know how rich white people adopt like to adopt little black babies little black yep, babies absolutely like, um that's really interesting i didn't think about that i think it's brilliant yeah there's there's so many other little easter eggs you'll see a copy of under the hood uh on, on someone's mm-hmm. desk this is the hollis mason biography he was the original and do you Night think that's Owl. supposed to be um so oh sorry keep, go ahead um do you think that uh so not not Night Owl, but uh, in the original, like, 1950s. When they were the Minutemen. When they were the Minutemen. Isn't the Hood? The Hooded, oh, right, the Hooded Justice. Thank you, Hooded Justice. Do you, sorry, I'm kind of jumping That's ahead That's fine, now. please do. But do you think that that guy is supposed to be the Hooded Justice? Because he, I did the math, and he would have been 108. So the beginning, Which guy? Um, the guy that, big spoiler, the guy that hangs Judd at the end. No. Because the thing is that that kid at the beginning, they show this thing at the beginning, they're in Tulsa in 1921. Which is the Tulsa race riots. Yeah. So that's 98 years later, and that kid was maybe eight, so he would be 106. And he even says, it's Louis Gossett Jr., by the way, who's the actor. Okay. Uh, I'm 105. Um, So it could be him then. uh, Because here's why I think that he is the Hooded Justice. Okay. Because in that first uh, scene in 1921, he's watching that black and white film. And uh, the uh, sheriff comes in, and he is dressed like the Hooded Justice. But he's not. He's just a sheriff in this movie that he's watching. Yeah. Um, and and then he takes off his hood, because that's what I thought at first. I was like, oh, it's Hooded Justice. And then it wasn't. And he takes off his hood. So here he is as a kid. He's eight or seven, if he's going to be 105. Yeah. Um, and he is. he loves this hero. That, so you know he what? dresses you- up. You have seriously opened my mind to this. That yeah. very well could be it. And so he dresses up like him. And then, of course, you've got the KKK that come in and, again, the hoods. And so that kind of like Jeez. parallels that. So I think he must be Hooded You're, Justice. Looking at the math of it, Hooded Justice was uh, 1938. Like, that's when he sort of would have become yeah. a Minuteman. So 1921 and 1938, that math does work. Yeah. Did you see uh, the clip for, up, you know, coming in the coming yeah. weeks of Watchmen? Yeah. So Hooded Justice, there's a clip of him jumping through a window. Yeah. Dude's pretty spry, yeah. but he did ask Angela at the very beginning when he's sitting in his think, wheelchair yeah. outside the bakery, do you think I could lift 200 pounds? I know. And then Which at the in end, the end, he oh did by God. hanging uh, the I police I was like, chief. that's why he asked if he could wear 200 pounds. Insane but yeah, I think foreshadowing. He's, the, the, I didn't hear him say he was 105, but yeah, yeah. like that costume that he sees and that, that is where he gets his Hooded Justice costume and then the fact that he hung the guy. And that the Hooded makes, Justice has the noose around his yeah, neck. Yeah, that right? does make so much sense. You completely opened my eyes to that. I freaking love it. I think, <laughs> no, I think that's super great. Because here's the thing. Louis Gossett Jr. is probably not, you know, that old or in a wheelchair. They've aged him a little bit. Yeah. But as the Hooded Justice, you can get a stuntman in there. It doesn't have to yeah. be him. Why does he have to be 105, though? Why couldn't they have just, like, made the Tulsa thing happen? I don't know. It just, I like, think it ties in Tulsa race rides. It does, it does seem a little bit old. But, it, I mean, that's the thing. Like, all these... Uh, superheroes had their prime in the in the 80s and mm-hmm. whatnot so so do you think that so you, we've we've seen the police force and they all wear the yellow masks yeah. so do you think like um the knight um what's her name i kind of a sister knight thank you sister knight and and the mirror what's his name mirror face or something looking glass looking glass <laughs> mirror face um oh my gosh that scene in the pod oh Holy that crap. was so neat so let me uh, bird's eye that um the a, a, a sus 
suspect is brought in from a trailer park, a white suspect. I don't know why I'm telling you this, because if, if you're listening this far, you've probably seen the show, but maybe you just don't care and, and you're in for the spoilers and you don't care. But anyways, there's a suspicion about who's, who's done the cop killing, and Sister Knight grabs this guy out of a trailer park, and they throw him into this pod, and Looking Glass, with his super oh, cool, so cool, completely chrome-reflective head-covering thing, just asks him a bunch of questions and shows very uh, racially, uh, images that are very racially at odds with each other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nice things and then Nazis and whatnot. And he's basically the psyche eval. He is, mm-hmm. he is looking into the eyes. He's the looking glass. He's looking into the eyes of this guy to see where he's lying and whatnot. And when looking glass comes out, he's like, nope, he knows. Yeah. And then they beat the information out of it. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, that do was you think really cool. that? So do you think, so we know the police are like with the yellow. Do you think that they're vigilantes working with the police or do you think they are police or? I would hasten to think Sister Knight at least is mm-hmm. deputized by okay. by the police and I don't know if this would be a recent thing after the white night when the police all start to mask themselves up I would I would think those two things sort of ha- happened hand in hand mm-hmm. is that vigilantes came back as the police masked themselves um, because yeah looking glass and and uh, the red uh, oh man what's his uh, the guy with the red I think he's just like red something yeah the, red he's scare Russian red scare yeah. is his name um, so I think all of that probably would have happened at about the same time after the white night but that's what I mean again to to say if you have never read the comics or anything like we don't know what's going on with with this either yeah so. that's very true there's a whole bunch of new plot lines mm-hmm. that uh, yeah have yet to be explained that. Yeah, because even though I've read all the comics a bazillion times, I don't know what the heck's going on. No. There are other uh, great uh, Easter eggs and hints that come in. Like, there's this big television premiere of American Hero Story, Minutemen. Uh, that's going to be on, on TV, and everybody's going to be watching that. Did you see the poster of Dollar Bill in the did, cavalry yeah, hideout? Yeah. yeah. Um, and when the uh, Chief Judd and his wife we're dining with Angela and their family and and uh, Chief Judd, who's Don Johnson, by the way, who plays that role very well. He goes into the kitchen to do something and snorts up some cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, Unforgettable is playing in the... Oh, in, yes. I didn't notice that. Unforgettable and a bunch of other cool songs were were well featured in the comics. Yeah, they had they also had a really good... Um, well, it wasn't Unforgettable what was playing when Comedian died in the movie? Um, it plays a couple times, I yeah. think, in the... Oh, oh, in the movie, yeah, yes. Yeah. In the movie, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, the soundtrack was really good like yes the, the Atticus Rots and Trent Reznor stuff was great but the choices and the thing that I really liked about the soundtrack too especially because it's an alternate universe is the songs were different and actually like slightly unnerving yes. covers like yes. they were covers but they weren't like alternate covers they but- were like weirdly they're just wrong basically because the world still evolved and these people were still talented but maybe something else influenced Mm -hmm. what happened like they still sound good but yeah just unnervingly different i don't know it was i really enjoyed the the musical choices in it too so in general i am absolutely thrilled with this series um the coming weeks trailer had a lot in it oh i didn't see the trailer oh okay so there's this thing that says you know coming weeks of of watchmen and so there's a a sickle or a scythe Mm -hmm. with a with a uh jolly roger flag like a pirate flag on it which gives hints to tales of the black freighter which was the story within the story um i think veet is doing some art uh, of another squid for possibly another fake alien invasion Mm -hmm. or perhaps a real one you see hooded justice jumping (gasps) through the uh go ahead go ahead Uh, maybe veet maybe he's changed his mind and he thinks that <gasps> it needs to really it, happen. Well, well, maybe he thinks that 
Rorschach was right and they shouldn't have done it. Oh, that would be interesting because he's had nothing but time to think about it. One of the other uh, documents on PTpedia... Uh, I'll link to this in the in the show notes, is uh, clipping for Veet declared dead. Mm-hmm. So this re- reinforces the, the newspaper headline that you saw. And he is technically declared presumed deceased. Oh. So they've basically just given up looking for him after mm-hmm. the however many years it's been. One of the more interesting ones is the anti-vigilante task force memo. This is in, this is in confidence to a certain task force uh, from Dale Petey. He's the FBI agent who is he's also running the... Um, uh, what you call it, what you call it here? The FB, he's the FBI IT administrator, besides being an agent. But he believes the Vita is still alive. He goes over some of the history of Rorschach and why the cavalry might be inspired uh, about them. But he also reveals some crazy post-comic history about Silk Spectre 2. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, Laurie Jaspezik, uh was the daughter of the original Silk Spectre in the comics. So she takes up her mother's mantle... And she becomes the Silk Spectre 2. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed in the comics that the comedian tried to rape his mother. Mm-hmm. And this is huge spoilers for the her, comics. Her mother. Her mother, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, huge spoilers for the comics. It is revealed in, in issue 9 that after the rape attempt, that Blake, Edward Blake, the comedian, and uh, Silk Spectre, um, uh, Sally, just as Sally, Jupiter, as she took on the name, they began a consensual relationship. Mm-hmm. And... Lori Jaspesic is the daughter of the comedian, which blows her mind. She just hates and loathes this very idea. However, it seems that she took up her mother's mantle uh, and her father's mantle a little bit. She, for a short while, became the comedian. Oh, really? Yes. That's in the... This is in the documents. Yeah, so this would not have been revealed in the show yet. Uh And... But if you watch the preview, there's an FBI agent called Lori Blake. Mm. Put that together. That's Lori right. Jaspezik taking her father's, father's name. name. Interesting. <sighs> so yeah. there's a lot still coming up for this episode. And I, yeah, like we see some cool night owl tech, the glasses. Yeah, with but the- also they have night owl ship. Yes, yeah, the police have adopted the night owl ships. Well, I think that maybe like if we're going on whatever timeline, I think they confiscated it back in the 80s, like when they had the uprising, right? And the police were against the watchmen and who watches the watchmen. Well, I think they confiscated it. This the is ship. a really good call because the memo for the anti-vigilante task force also does say that Dan Dryberg, mm-hmm. night owl, Two is in custody. So yeah. you're absolutely right. They've taken his ship. They've taken his tech. Yeah. There's a hint that Dr. Manhattan, you know, like or they've shown the clip of him, but Mars, there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's a clip of him with a, bl- you know, picking up a blue mask after probably a parade in, in his honor. And yeah, I'm just getting the feeling that uh, Adrian V. Ozymandias may still be the one to fear the most in this universe. Well, it's a good thing that he has Jeremy Irons' voice because <laughs> he's spooky. <laughs> yes, very spooky. Okay, I'm done. Uh, thank you for letting me get that out. Thank you for watching it so I had someone to talk to and I wasn't just talking to myself in this room. I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, so, yeah, obviously your bud is thrilled with, uh, which, with watching Go stuff. watch it. Should we Please go the, watch Minute. Um, join us on Facebook. Yes. Like, review, rate, subscribe, <laughs> chat, talk. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'd say mostly go to our Facebook group. If you go to our Facebook page and get the notifications, you'll see when the, when the episodes drop. But the Facebook group is really where we have all of our cool, fun discussions. Let's have another, let's have, a, you know what? Let's have a hello from The Rag, because they now finally have a, they have a promo going. Hey, Jenny. I'm Jenny. I'm Crystal. I'm Lindsay. And we are on, on The, the Rag. Rag. 
you could be on the rag too with us if you listen to the podcast, which you can mm-hmm. find at thezone.fm slash podcast, also on Spotify. I like to talk <laughs> about things that people feel, for some reason, uncomfortable talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times have you brought up a vagina to a friend this week? Do you have nipple hair? Yep. All about your periods. You make yeah. uncomfortable comfortable. I bleed a lot. I have a copper IUD. You can learn about your body, our bodies, other sexual health related things. We bring in experts because I don't know anything, actually. <laughs> you can find all the Zone's podcasts at thezone.fm slash podcast. Well then, Kirsten James. Oh yeah, the internet. And now we know where to find Kirsten James. Apparently, it's the internet. And I'm Webmeister Button on Social. Thanks for listening. It's been the Geek Up Podcast. Bye!